Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey everybody, welcome back to the studio. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm sure many of you missed the podcast episode last week since we didn't put one out. We are very sorry about that, but our lives have been absolutely crazy. I feel like literally everything happened last week. So we're back to our normal podcasting schedule this week and hopefully we'll be back to semi-normal with blogmas and everything. For those of you who don't know, last week we had a whole bunch of different things happen and uh, the major one being that Ruby, our dog, passed away and that was just a whole weekend process where we were taking care of her and different things like that and it was just a really hard weekend and we just definitely did not feel like recording a podcast episode and some of the blogmas posts were republished and everything like that, but we thank y'all for just understanding for those different things. But Blogmas continued as usual uh, for the most part, except most of the posts were republished, but we did have a couple of guest posts last week, so make sure to go and check those out and read the ones that we republished. They're really great. They've got timeless truths in them, and they are all posts that we really loved writing and definitely were special to us. And then obviously, thank you all for your prayers and your thoughts and all that kind of stuff, um, just as we were putting different things out on social media about why we weren't going to have podcasts episodes or anything. You guys were just really sweet and understanding and we got a lot of really kind messages from you. So I'm not going to talk about it for too long though because I will start crying about Ruby and we don't need that today. So I am joined in the studio by mom today. Hi everybody. She's back. This duo is back. (laughs) We know that y'all love us. Obviously, you've just been waiting for this, you know, since our last episode that we did together, which was quite a while ago. It was. It was a long time. Yeah, it was six months ago or something. So Lily was swamped with some different stuff and different things this week, so she wasn't able to be here in the studio. But mom and I were just talking about some different Christmassy topics this week anyhow, so we figured that we would team up to create this episode for y'all, and it's going to be all... Christmassy and festive and you know obviously we are in the thick of the Christmas season can't even fathom that but here we are we're only a few weeks away from 2024 and only a couple weeks away from Christmas so we are heading in full force with the Christmas episodes and today we are mainly going to be talking about Mary and Joseph Mm -hmm. and their relationship I feel like this is a part of the Christmas story that gets overlooked sometimes and if you know me and mom we love a really good love story and we love things like that that are just, you know, sweet and touchy-feely. So we are going to talk about some of those different things today and talk about how their story can apply to us today and our families and our relationships. And I'm very excited. So mom, you want to kick us off and get this started? Yeah, we were discussing Mary and Joseph in a lot of different contexts. We've heard a couple of songs mm-hmm. about their story. Uh, we discussed it in Sunday school this morning with a book that Scott had, kind of an Advent preparation devotional kind of thing, and it it talked about Mary and Joseph's story. So it's just been kind of at the forefront of our thoughts. And like Maddie said, it is not something you really give a whole lot of thought to. And I also think that it's kind of misconstrued maybe in Mm -hmm. some of the movies and just our thoughts about 
yeah. you know, what does the Bible actually say about them? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to share our thoughts and kind of some things that we've learned about them. Yeah, I, I agree that everybody, I think, considers their relationship in kind of an odd way. And I'm not quite sure how we ended up with the mindset that Joseph was just kind of along for the ride and was just kind of this background figure in everything that didn't mean much and was just, you know, kind of forced into this marriage. I think we look at that a lot with our 21st century mindset. We look at their arranged marriage as almost a type of like prison or a type of contract that they were just a part of. And Joseph was just trying to hold up his end of the deal when he found out that Mary was pregnant and, you know, all this different stuff. So I think that that's definitely something that we need to change a little bit when we're looking at the Christmas story, because I think that this This is honestly one of the most beautiful love stories in scripture Mm -hmm. because Mary and Joseph both had a lot to lose when it came to this situation. I mean, Mary could have easily rejected this opportunity to bring the Messiah into the world and could have totally rejected God's plan for her and just told the angel, absolutely not. I'm not putting myself through that. I'm not putting myself through the scandal of it. I'm not going to create a bunch of stigma around myself or around Joseph, and I'm just going to forget that. That's a no. Find somebody else. So I think first, we overlook a lot of her courage and her Mm -hmm. bravery when it comes to this. I think a lot of us are just like, oh, yeah, she just did it. It wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whatever. If an angel comes and tells you to do something, you're just going to do something. In reality, a lot of us would have reacted how Zechariah reacted Mm -hmm. when he was encountered by this angel and was told that Elizabeth would be pregnant and that their son would be kind of this messenger that would come before the Messiah. I think a lot of us would react like that and would end up being mute for quite a while. (laughs) I know that I probably would, I would definitely be like, um, okay, no, that's not happening. So I think that we overlook a lot of the risk that Mary went through almost mm-hmm. because obviously in that culture, teen pregnancy, pregnancy out of marriage was not normal and it was not accepted. And in our world today, teen pregnancy is honestly considered normal. And then obviously pregnancy outside of marriage is considered normal. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think that nowadays we're almost seeing more pregnancies outside of marriage than we are inside of marriage. And it's just become this topic that none of us are too sensitive about. It's just part of our world and it's just a thing that we have to deal with. But in this culture, it was definitely a really big deal. I mean, Mary could have easily been executed for this. Mm -hmm. And Joseph would have been perfectly within his rights to execute her himself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that first of all, we overlook a lot of her bravery. And then second of all, we overlook a lot of Joseph's leadership skills in this. Also, the genuine feelings that he had for Mary and the genuine love that he had for her, because obviously scripture tells us that when she told him that she was pregnant, he was just going to leave her quietly and wasn't going to try and cause a big fuss about it. Didn't really even want to leave her in the first place, but decided that that would probably be best for everybody at first. We overlook his leadership skills, his kind spirit, his uh, genuine love for Mary. Then we overlook how those things continue to carry on throughout pregnancy, throughout the Christmas story, and honestly throughout their lives. I think that is a very essential part of Jesus' upbringing and the way that the Lord planned this whole thing and the way that he was brought into the world. Mm -hmm. That really struck me something that I had not thought of in the past, and I remember the thought just hitting me. They really loved each other. Mm -hmm. It wasn't this just arranged, cold, business-like relationship. They actually loved each other. And then my next thought was, 
Well, of course they did because God would not bring Jesus into a family that was anything less than the ideal Mm -hmm. picture of marriage. Yeah. So he obviously had the perfect plan and the perfect two people to bring the Messiah into the world and and to raise him and teach him and guide him. And of course they loved each other. Mm -hmm. But I had honestly never thought about that yeah. before. Well, I think we we look at that as something that just didn't happen back then, that there was no real love stories and, you know, this kind of romantic picture of marriage even that we have today or that you read about in books or see in TV shows, when in reality this definitely is a love story and it's definitely a top tier romance in my opinion mm-hmm. because you've got this guy who loves her so much that he's willing to sacrifice so much for her and you have Mary who was so confident in Joseph's leadership and his love for her that they just make like this perfect match and we also wanted to talk a little bit about the family dynamics even outside of Mary and Joseph and the family that was surrounding them because obviously now this is not necessarily discussed in scripture or in the actual recording of the Christmas story, but this is something that can be, I think, logically inferred about their situation. Mary, in particular, I think, had a father figure who was very involved and was very upright and righteous, also who was instilling in his children a love for the true, good, and beautiful, Mm -hmm. like we're always talking about, a love for the law and for holiness and for the Lord himself, I believe, because I think that if Mary did not actually have a relationship with the Lord already forming and already a part of her life, she definitely would not have met the criteria for the woman who was going to be able to bring Jesus into the world. And we obviously see that between her and Joseph, and they were very careful about observing all the laws when it came to marriage, you know, that whole arrangement that they were involved in. That can, first of all, be seen in her parents and not just her father figure, I'm sure her mother played an extremely important part in that. But then you also see that I think her dad was probably very wise when it came to choosing Joseph and choosing a guy that was genuinely going to love Mary. He didn't put profit or position above someone who was going to actually love his daughter and someone who his daughter was actually going to love. And then he also chose someone who was very righteous and had a lot of leadership skills. And so I think that he was honestly choosing someone for Mary that was very similar to himself in different ways, just in the way that you see that he has obviously led his family in the way that he's supposed to. I think he was obviously continuing that as he's going into this marriage process between Mary and Joseph, making sure that she's going to end up with a guy he's actually going to be proud to call a son and who is actually going to lead Mary in the way that she should be led. So I was just wondering how common in that day it would even be for young girls and women to be taught scripture Mm -hmm. and prophecy in the way that Mary would have recognized exactly what the angel was telling her and then to very quickly agree to be put in this situation, to be a servant of God in the magnitude uh, that she was. And then we also have to look at Joseph's parents as well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he was raised to be a righteous man, a man who would guide and protect his family. Mm -hmm. He obviously was protecting Mary even when he thought he was just going to leave her quietly. As you said, he did not want to harm her in any way, and he wanted to protect her uh, in the best way that he could in the position that he was in at the time. 
And then also he must have had a personal relationship with God Mm -hmm. to then recognize when he has the dream, yes, I will also be a servant in this way and I will accept all the ridicule that's going to come to both of us and I will kind of step into that fray for Mary and, yeah. you know, and continue to protect her, you take all of the the gossip and the the slander and just the, the shunning, I'm sure, from the community at that time and, yeah, just be upright mm-hmm. and loving in that manner. I think one of the things that really conveys Mary and Joseph's relationship extremely well and one thing that I have listened to like over and over again and that always reminds me of how incredible it is, is a song song called Mary and Joseph by Chris Renzima. And if you guys have not listened to Chris Renzima in any capacity, you need to. Just all his songs, but especially that one. And especially now around Christmas time, one of Lily and I's friends introduced us to it last year and we just listen to it together now all the time. And we actually just listened to it together this past Thursday. And there's one part in the song that talks about how Joseph was going to defend her and how he's committing to that. And like you said, kind of stepping between her and all of these trials and tribulations that they're going to have to experience and being willing to lead in that way. And I was just listening to that and I was telling Lily and our friends afterwards, I was like, that is just so incredible because really he had nothing with which to defend her mm-hmm. if people weren't going to believe that this situation was divine. Mm-hmm. Because if they didn't, then the only thing that they're thinking is something went on here that absolutely should not have gone on. And now you're both at fault. Mm-hmm. Joseph's going to take someone who is damaged goods now and who is not going to bring him any kind of honor and respect and her integrity and her honesty is being called into question. And there's just a lot of stigma surrounding this entire situation. I mean, like I said earlier, this was not normal. So yes, he can defend her and say, I had this dream. She had this encounter with an angel. And I know that we did nothing that was beneath the law or beneath what we were supposed to be doing. I trust that she's telling me the truth and I just trust that this is divine and that this is the plan that the Lord has. But if people aren't going to believe that, and obviously we know from the record of Jesus' life that not many people did believe that, then that is obviously something that was going to be a really big challenge for them in being accepted in their community. And I think it would have been, I was telling mom before we sat down to record, like this is not just a stigma that would have lasted for nine months while she's pregnant or Uh, during the newborn stage, it would have lasted their entire lives, Jesus' entire life. And it would have been something that kind of set them apart and separated them from other people if they weren't willing to reconcile with them or believe that it was divine. Not many people were going to be like, okay, yeah, we believe that. Because it is incredible. It's unbelievable. Unless you have that very genuine relationship with the Lord that I think Mary and Joseph both had, it's going to be extremely difficult to believe. And obviously we know that at this time people were more concerned about the law aspect than the relationship aspect, which was understandable because they didn't really know what that was supposed to look like. That was the point of Jesus coming so that we could have an actual relationship. So right now they're functioning within the law and 
all the signs point to the law has been violated, it has been broken, and that means that you are unclean, unholy, unrighteous, and that means that we need to completely cut ourselves off from you because we don't want to be associated with that. And so it would have been something that they would have to deal with for a really long time after this, and I think that's a part of the story that we tend to neglect. I think people probably would have even still been talking about it at Jesus' crucifixion. I think that that probably would have been a thing that like Mary would probably have been experiencing ridicule and separation from others up until that very point. And so I think that that's definitely an interesting part of the story. I can't back that up completely biblically, and we don't know how many people would have accepted the fact that it was divine. We don't even know if their families did or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But I think that that's a really interesting part of the story. And again, something that they were willing to sacrifice for their love for each other and their love for the Lord and the coming Messiah. And uh, they were willing to sacrifice their status and their position. And I mean, this would have affected very basic things. It would have affected mm-hmm. Joseph's ability to work. Right. Um, it would have affected their ability to live well, be accepted in their community. It would have affected their children's lives. It affected Jesus' life, his siblings' lives, all of these different things. I mean, I can just imagine different things going on where it's like they're with this group of people and everyone is just kind of, they're all congregating over here and they're kind of like, okay, we're going to keep our distance from these people. You know, they're telling their kids not to play with their kids. And it's just kind of a like, we need to make sure that we're not at all associated with this. And that's obviously something that I think probably would have crossed Mary and Joseph's minds. I think it definitely crossed Joseph's mind. And that's kind of what made him a little bit hesitant. But then I think that that makes the story even cooler because they were willing to be like, okay, so what? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it might happen, but we're going to face it and we're going to get through Mm -hmm. it. And it's not going to be a big deal when we're literally bringing the Messiah into the world who's going to change all of this for everyone. Right. And I think that that is honestly an incredible picture of marriage and just a very loving relationship in general. It gives me some hope. I was telling mom beforehand that I think this is something that can give a lot of us who are single and are wondering, like, what in the world does a godly relationship look like in the 21st century? in a world where you have to guess whether people are actually male or female. All your options seem to be people from broken families and from really messed up situations. And I feel like sin has just really entered into that area of our lives. And so even I am sitting here looking at my very minimal prospects. Honestly, I have none. But And you're just wondering, like, where in the world are you going to find someone that is righteous and will lead and would make sacrifices like Joseph made or would make sacrifices like Mary made if you're a guy. And, you know, we're looking for that constantly. But I think that this story can give us a lot of hope and that's how it translates into our lives today. Because if the Lord values strong families so much as to put two people together who are both extremely strong in their personal relationships with him and in their personal observance of the law and holiness and righteousness, and they are a part of families who obviously I think prized that also like we were talking about earlier. If he is so stuck on that being the norm and that being the perfect picture of marriage and a good relationship, then I don't think that that's completely gone today because if that's how the Lord intended it to be, no one is going to be able to completely destroy that. But we have to be the ones that are going to decide to be the Marys and the Josephs of our day. We're going to have to decide that no matter what the Lord calls us to do, we're going to do it. We're going to sacrifice. We are going to be holy and righteous and we are going to do things that are going to 
usher in the second coming and we're going to do things that are completely focused on eternity and we are going to break generational curses. We are going to have that strong family and we're going to raise Marys and Josephs and we are going to be the parents that would put these two people together who bring the Messiah into the world and completely change everything for thousands of years to come. So I think that this is a really beautiful part of this picture also because it didn't stop there. It's not irrelevant. This is what a lot of people think about Mary and Joseph's relationship is that it's just kind of irrelevant. Like Jesus is mm-hmm. the star of this show and he's the one that we should be focusing on in the story, which obviously, Or yes. they just focus on Mary. Yeah. And not Mary and Joseph together because she couldn't have done that on her own. No. Well, I mean, that their relationship was completely necessary also, which I think is also very cool. This just came to me. If Joseph had left Mary, so many prophecies would have been left unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have gone back to Bethlehem. She would have had no reason to because her family yeah. was in Nazareth and there would have been so many different things with the line of David and right. going back to his city and being a part of Joseph's bloodline is so important. And so, I mean, obviously that is something that the Lord had worked out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And even though they were going through the turmoil of figuring out what in the world does our relationship look like now and is Joseph going to leave me? Is he not? I know that we both love each other, but I understand that I'm putting him in a really difficult position. I'm in a difficult position, all these different things. But this is something that the Lord had worked out ahead of time that was absolutely necessary for the Messiah to come into the world in the way that he was supposed to. So I think that that is also an important observation that we can make. But yeah, we tend to just kind of ignore Joseph, ignore Mary in some aspects, and it's just kind of like, oh, Jesus is here. But I think that it's really important to look at the lead up and the history and, you know, all of these different things that come together to create this perfect picture and to create this unbelievable scene that just has divinity all over it. That's not something that could have happened unless the Lord had painted this perfect love story, this perfect relationship between these two people who already had their own relationship with him. I think that that is one of the coolest parts of the Christmas story for me because it's something that gives us hope because we know that if the Lord values strong families and love and relationships so highly like that and wants us to function in families that are actually functional, then that means that not all hope is lost for those of us who still want that in the future. And we can be confident that that is intricately a part of God's plan for the universe and for the human race to have relationships that are meaningful in which you are willing to sacrifice for each other and for a cause that's much greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up there. Again, if you haven't listened to Chris Renzima's song about Mary and Joseph, you totally should. It's a really great song and one of the things that kind of prompted me to start thinking about this. And then the book that we are going through with our Sunday school class that dad is teaching out of, which he typically takes out of every single Christmas because it's a really great book, is A Bethlehem Christmas by Charles Swindoll. It's a really great book. It's kind of a more dramatic retelling of the Christmas story. Not all of it is like 100% cut right out of the Bible. Some of it is a little bit more open to interpretation and different things like that. But as we have read it, I don't think that there is anything in there that can be said like that is absolute heresy or that definitely couldn't have happened or anything like that. He definitely doesn't really go out on a limb with telling these stories. He just takes different things from history and obviously the biblical Christmas story and then just tells it in such a way that it's more of a story. It's more like you're reading a 
novel type thing, but all told in like the first person from different characters. So there's a chapter for Zechariah, for Joseph, for Mary, for Gabriel, for, you know, all of these different characters that play very important parts of this story. So that's what we were talking about this morning in Sunday school and another thing that kind of prompted us to record this episode. So if you haven't checked that book out yet, it's really good for Advent and for uh, just leading up to Christmas and kind of helping you to expand your imagination a little bit when it comes to Christmas and just imagine it in a very real way. Just gives it a little bit more color and um, just helps you to imagine it a little bit better. All right, we are going to wrap the episode up here. So we're going to have mom close with prayer today. I know we are switching up the routine like crazy today. Y'all did not expect to hear my voice first when it came to this podcast episode. And, you know, this is new for all of us. So mom's going to wrap up in prayer. So please pray with us. Lord, we just, uh, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this Advent season. And I pray that everyone listening and uh, including our family would just keep our focus on you during this time leading up to Christmas, Lord, that we would not be so wrapped up in decorations and gifts and parties, although all those are good things, as long as we are celebrating your glory and the just the miraculous events of this season, Lord, that you had sent your son to break through the, the huge gap that was between you and your creation, the people that you loved so much that you were willing to send him to save us. And we just cannot even begin to thank you enough for that. And I just pray that everyone would stay focused on that this season uh, of Advent and Christmas. So we just thank you again. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alrighty, y'all. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation, that maybe it got you thinking about some different things leading up to Christmas. Don't forget to check out the blog. We've got some extremely exciting guest posts coming for you this week that we already have planned. You're going to be hearing from someone very special that we love having write blog posts for us. And she wrote some posts for us last year. So we're excited to have her back on the blog this year. And we're excited to see what all she talks about in her blog posts and different things. So you definitely don't want to miss that one. And then obviously there will be new ones coming from our family. Don't forget to check out our older ones uh, starting on December 1st. We have been posting a new blog post every single day and then also some poems and different things on Sundays. So make sure that you're checking those out. The easiest way to make sure that you're not missing any of those is to get on our email list. It's super easy. All you do is give us your email and then we add you to our list and you will get one email every day with blog miss posts. That way you won't miss any of them and you'll be all caught up and up to date on those. So Merry Christmas to all of you. Make sure that you come back next week for an all new podcast episode, which will be our 200th podcast episode. We're very excited about that. We've been brainstorming all kinds of different things that we are going to be doing for that episode. So you definitely don't want to miss that either, but we will talk to y'all next Monday. Bye guys. (laughs) 